Does Jamar Chase keep it going against the Colts this week after a big game last week? And what do we think of Justin Jefferson and his return against the Raiders? It's time to break down the wide receiver and tight end rankings for week 14 as we begin another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. We're your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Iron, and I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL fantasy and betting for SportingNews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk, researcher at NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. All right, Michelle, it is uh, my favorite time of the week to break down the wide receiver matchups here and look at those and see how all our assets stack up against each other, that position. Then, of course, looking at the tight ends as well. So we'll get to that. Do we still have on the Friday show on top for you? Look at the flex plays and deep sleepers that we want, as well as our prize picks, picks of the week. And I'm proud to tell you that this crossover Thursday across the network is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com/lockernfl and use the code all lowercase lockernfl for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, we'll have those picks three each for you on Friday's show, tomorrow's show. But we got to dive into the wide receiver rankings this week. And the first thing, Michelle. Jamar Chase, I cranked him too high a week too early, right? He got it done with Jake Browning big time, dominated the Jaguars. It was a pretty good matchup against their corners. This week, it's not a terrible matchup at all against the Colts, and he's locked in with Jake Browning. So how high do you have Jamar Chase this week? And I think we're both pretty high on him. Yeah, I have him at wide receiver 10, but I'm fine having him higher than that because he gets, I mean, Jake Browning only looked at him. Right. It was target after target after target for Jamar Chase. So, you know, he's going to be the focal point of this offense. You know, he's talented enough to get it done. You know, he can break off any long touchdown like he did last week. Do I expect him to put up the performance he did last week? No, but I still expect him to have a great game. So he's back there to being an elite asset and you plug him in without, you know, being nervous at all. But talking about another elite guy who's coming back from injury, he hasn't played in a really long time, Justin Jefferson. He comes back this week. He hasn't played since week five, right? That's when he suffered his injury. What do we expect from him in his first game back? Will he be the typical Justin Jefferson? And this will be the first time we've ever seen him without Kirk Cousins at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't wait and see to put him in your lineup. He's not a wait and see guy the way we would no. look at with Devin Chan. No, you put him in. You need him now. You've been waiting. You've been having him on your injured reserve spot or on your bench for so many weeks now. He's been so close. They teased us in the couple games before the bye. But I think he made the smart decision overall as he's trying to look for a contract here that puts him at the highest paid wide receiver here in the league where being a little judicious. So I think he'll be fully healthy for this one. The Raiders, 
are a pretty favorable matchup. They're better than you think against the pass, and they might be tough for Josh Dobbs at times. But Jefferson opens everything up right as well. I mean, TJ Hawkinson, Jordan Addison. Hawkinson's not going to be the whole focal point of the offense anymore, but you also get some more favorable coverage as well as Addison. So opens things up for those guys. I think Jefferson's a big factor this week. Now, again, can I put him right at the top? No, but we've had him pretty high here depending on what he can do here. But six and seven, that's where we have him ranked. So right there with the lead guys, you're talking Tyree Kill. We know I have to put him up there. CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown, I'm on Ross St. Brown with Keenan Allen and uh, Chase and Diggs there. So when you look at it, that's kind of where you would put Justin Jefferson with all those elite guys. So play him as normal here as a wide receiver one. Now, this is interesting. Debo Samuel and D.J. Moore, two guys that have suddenly come alive and become hot. And DJ Moore was hot early in the season. We had the Tyson Bajant stuff. And then Justin Fields came back and he went off immediately. They're coming off a bye here. The Bears, a decent matchup against the Lions. He did well in the first matchup. So DJ Moore looking good. And Debo Samuel, he was kind of meh, right? It was the Brandon Ayuk show for several weeks. But then Debo explodes the last two weeks. It's a zone defense, which he kills. He did that two weeks in a row against the Seahawks and Eagles. It's a Seattle matchup again here and dj moore can really exploit the line so really like both of these guys this week to go off and uh, i think they'll deliver as wide receiver ones yeah devo samuel's a, a must play he destroys the seahawks in his career he actually averages the most scrimmage yards per game against the seahawks in his career by any wide receiver versus any opponent in nfl history so it he regularly destroys the Seahawks and we just saw him have a really good game against them in week 12 when he had nearly 100 scrimmage yards and a touchdown in that game so DJ Moore DJ or Debo Samuel has to be in your lineup and then DJ Moore as long as Justin Fields is the quarterback he's a great play I did want to talk about Brandon Ayuk though with Debo Samuel because Every week I go into my rankings, right? And when you when you do them, at first they show consensus rankings and then you kind of play around with them and change them how how you believe they'll be. Brandon Ayuk consensus ranking is always very high. And I, you typically rank him very high as well. Is he being overranked every week? Because he has just three finishes this season as a top 15 wide receiver. Just three times he's finished as a top 15 wide receiver and he has a lot of poor performances within their wide receiver 36, wide receiver 33, 37, 20, 28, and then some middling with like 20 and 19. But I mean, it, it, it he's had a couple big games. And then besides that, it's really not anything. In the last four weeks, he's had a touchdown in each of those games. And in three of those games, he wasn't even higher than a wide receiver 19. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing. I mean, you want to know where these guys are ranked, Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, for the entire season in terms of average scoring and half-point PPR? Brandon Ayuk is 13, Debo Samuel is 14. So that's with Debo missing those games. Now, if you look at the overall big picture, same place for Brandon Ayuk. He's wide receiver 13 on the season. So I think that exceeded everyone's expectations. I mean, he's looked at Because of three huge weeks, though. What? I know, but they count overall in the big picture. But he's a guy that you are playing every week, right? And even in the matchup before, right? He seemed dead. He didn't do anything. Then he scored a touchdown. So what I... Look, someone's going to be left out sometimes in, in this mix and not score. But yeah, he's a little bit more volatile that's a good way to put it over Debo Samuel at this point, but he also is pretty consistent. When you look at the games last few weeks, I mean, they're pretty steady and he just is not a guy 
necessarily that sounds exciting. And I think Debo has been the guy for a while, but he just gets it done. And I think sometimes I think it's the opposite. I think he sounds exciting and he's not really doing much of anything. I mean, 55 yards, 50 yards and 46. Those are three of his last four games. Like if he doesn't get into the end zone, he's going to put up eight points. That's what he's going to give you. And that's in full PPR. He scores every week though, because he's really good at getting open for Brock party. So I, I just think, Again, is this a better matchup? I can agree that it's a better matchup potentially for Debo Samuel. But if I'm going to say who do I rely upon that's going to score a touchdown, maybe salvage himself, it's probably going to be Brandon Ayuk. I mean, that's just the way I'm looking at these two guys. Because Debo, look, he has to compete with Christian McCaffrey for those rushing touchdowns, and we can't always count on that. I mean, it's happened the last two weeks. So something to keep in mind there that that has been the wrinkle that maybe has pushed Debo a little bit here in fantasy. But look, you're playing Ayuk and Debo every week. I'm just play yeah. these three assets, him and George Kittle and Debo every week. What I like about it, regardless of the 49ers, they're not involving too much junk. I mean, we had Juwan Jennings do a little bit. You'll have an occasional Kyle Juszczyk sighting, but I like it that it pretty much goes through three guys, and uh, you got to be excited about that. Now, maybe spend a little bit too much time on the 49ers, but let's go to uh, Chris Olave. Is Jameis Winston going to be sad? I just want to have a quick digression here. David Carr said Marcus Mariota should play for Jalen Hurts. Now, I think he should go on air to correct this and say that Jameis Winston should start for his brother. Now, yes. that would be groundbreaking. I would be totally into that. So, But Winston and Olave, instantaneous, these guys got going together. So I two very good weeks, over 110 receiving yards in a row for Olave, but – Winston is so much better just throwing the ball to him. And that's the thing. Derek Carr needs a guy to be perfectly open to throw to him. Just don't do that. But Chris Olave put it up. He's going to jump over a guy and make a play. So I really like that this week uh, as they face the Panthers at home. Yeah, I think this can be Chris Olave's biggest week of the season, as long as Jameis Winston's the starter. We have a super small sample size with Winston this year, but averaging over 17 yards per reception with Winston, only 12 and a half with Carr. It, you just know Winston's going to throw it up to him, and he, he definitely has been getting it done. He's been more consistent as of late, even with Carr. So I think with Winston, that just increases his ceiling, right? With Olave, you feel safe either way playing him, but if it's Winston at quarterback, you know his ceiling is so much higher, and hopefully he can come down with a touchdown. Winston might throw four interceptions, but he should also have a couple touchdowns in this game as well. Yeah, sometimes you want those fearless quarterbacks, right? I mean, it's the Sammy yeah. Howell types who are just going to run around and like throw it. Just let it loose, and sometimes that's the best way to do it. If you, Don't be so afraid of throwing interceptions. I think that's kind of Derek Carr's career in a nutshell. He's just too afraid to make a mistake, and that costs him a lot of big plays and leaves them on the table. So we'll see how that plays out, but there's no way. I, I don't know how many more injuries Derek Carr has to have before he sits out a game. And maybe he's just afraid that Winston actually might be better. That's it for him in New Orleans. Yeah, and we're going to get into some guys with tough matchups here in our next segment. And then maybe some guys that we have a better feeling about that maybe plug in over these guys with tough matchups. All right, before we do that, we do have to hear from one of our very fine sponsors. All right, this episode of Lockdown Fantasy Football is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, just like a tight-knit team there with 
all the players coming through. You want to have as many top tier candidates as possible interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster. And for free, small businesses are small for a reason. They want to find the right uh, quality and without uh, the quantity there. So you really need to hit on your jobs and LinkedIn is just not another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals and makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy. In fact, that, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats, might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick and easy. They've even launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Right now, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Check it out. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, Michelle, we will continue looking at the rest of our wide receiver rankings here and then get into our tight ends in our last segment. I do have to tell you about a special thing that's going on on the network. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, Michelle, let's dive into these next wide receivers and maybe some guys we're having tougher decisions about. Nico Collins is one. On one hand, Tank Dell's down, right? He broke his ankle. Unfortunately, he's out. No Brown is going to f- try to fill in. But you'd figure Don Schultz could return, and that could help him in the middle of the field, see that Stroud that is. But Nico Collins could get Sauce Gardner, could get DJ Reed. I know you can't feel confident playing Nico Collins. He's been, by the way, a wide receiver one and a half point PPR this year. But are you going to fade him to the point that he's maybe a wide receiver three this week? You know, the Jets are just so good at stopping wide receivers. They're allowing 22 fantasy points per game to the entire wide receiver position each week. That is five points lower than any other team. So the Browns are allowing 27 and the Browns are an amazing defense against wide receivers, but this is, there's a five point per game gap of what they're allowing. That is insanity. How good they are as a secondary this year. And then this game is also going to be played in New Jersey and the weather in East Rutherford this Sunday looks to be a high, high chance of rain. Like you, you put together, This tough matchup in a rainy game, I really, really hate that for Nico Collins. He has such a high ceiling that I understand you still want to plug him in and just try it out. And with Tank Dell not there, he should get the targets. But it's extremely risky. I would rather take the risk on Nico Collins than, let's say, a guy like Calvin Ridley, who's also in a terrible matchup this week. He has to go play at the Browns, likely with C.J. Beathard. I would rather go with the upside of Nico Collins in that than Calvin Ridley, but I really don't like either guy in their matchups this week. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, Calvin Ridley also has a tough – the Browns' defense is better definitely at home, and that's what we've seen, right? So that's the thing is uh, when you look at it, um, we had a debate here that we've – considering in a deeper league, Parker Washington in that same matchup against the Browns, I mean – Going to fill in for Christian Kirk. He's going to miss time. He could be down for the season here, unfortunately. So you're not going to have Christian Kirk. Parker Washington really came through filling in in the slot for Christian Kirk. But this is a tough matchup for him as well, to keep that in mind, against uh, Greg Newsom. Where on the other side, I think Elijah Moore is playable for sure. I mean, you look at that, 
as the targets, 12 targets last week, Joe Flacco again, all the things lined up in the Jaguar secondary, not very good and kind of weak in the slot. So some look at there this week. Now, Drake London, Michelle, we both have him at the same spot almost exactly. Wide receiver 25 and 26. Now, this is always tricky, right? It's Drake London. It's attaching ourselves to Desmond Ritter, attaching ourselves to Arthur Smith. Is Drake London going to get enough here? But you look at this matchup against the Buccaneers. And look, Jonathan Mingo did well on the outside last week. Pretty well playable as a wide receiver three, right? So when you look at it, look, the secondary is really beat up. There's no Jamel Dean. Carlton Davis has struggled all season long. So I really think Drake London is playable this week, especially at home. He seems to be just like Desmond Ritter, better at home, probably because his quarterback is better at home. Yeah, exactly. With Desmond Ritter being so much better at home, it just helps Drake London a lot. I mean, Drake London is still, he's not consistently performing, but he's consistently getting a a good amount of targets, right? And that's all we can ask for in this Falcons offense. He has at least seven targets in uh, six of his last eight games. I believe one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, six of his last eight games. And the Buccaneers secondary has been bad all year long, but specifically bad over the last, like, since week six, they're allowing the second most fantasy points per game to wide receivers. So only behind the Eagles. This is a matchup you want to exploit. You want to start your wide receivers against. But the only wide receiver that's even worth starting for the Falcons is Drake London. So I really do think Drake London can have his, one of his better games of, of the season. Of course, he's a risky play, but definitely a strong wide receiver to flex play this week that offers a lot of upside now, another guy that is completely up and down, but he does offer, he has offered more upside this year than Drake London. It's Gabe Davis. It's always so hard with him, right? And I have him ranked higher this week. I typically do than you. I have him at wide receiver 25, but you have him at wide receiver 35. He gets the Chiefs. You know, it's going to probably be a high scoring game between these two. Last year, in the same game against the Chiefs, Gabe Davis put up 74 yards and a touchdown. Like, I think it'll be a solid game for him. It is on the road, but I still think they need him in this matchup and they will utilize him. Yeah, Gabe Davis, in a weird way, is a lot like Calvin Ridley, that he needs to attack his own defense. He hates being like physically matched up against, right? He needs some space to operate and use his body a little bit. And when he does that, usually it works out. And usually it's when a team that's uh, playing to protect against the big play and the Chiefs do that. That's why he had the game last year against the Chiefs. That's why he had the big playoff game against the Chiefs. They just allow this type of receiver to get open. They're okay with it because it was the kind of defense they run under Steve Spagnuolo. So that's okay. So it's a Gabe Davis type of game. And the part of the reason they're good at, at also taking away the slot when needed, they're pretty good there for sure with Trent McDuffie. They're also pretty good at with their linebackers and safeties having some speed to containing the tight end. So that's going to open things up for Gabe Davis away from Stephon Diggs. So I like him. I have him a little bit lower just because he's a little bit volatile. But wide receiver 35 says I want to play him as a wide receiver three, just like you, right? Because you have him at wide receiver 25. So I think uh, we're both kind of on the same page again. As we know when we do this, he's going to finish probably at wide receiver 30 this week or higher. So I'm hoping higher than that for my sake, because I'm going to play him this week for sure. Now in the same game, Rashi Rice, he's had a lot of good matchups in a row in the slot, but this one is actually tricky this week. I know Teron Johnson has been a little bit up and down, but this guy's a tough, tough corner. He's probably their best corner left. And he plays inside for Buffalo without Tredavious White. So I don't know. I'm not feeling Rasheed Rice this week. And then uh, we look at Jackson Smith and the Jigba. 
Look, I don't know where I would go actually in the spot. I, I think Spencer Jigba, if I knew he was going to get the targets for sure, I would really go in that direction, right? The 49ers have been so bad in the slot. So this is tough. I mean, if I'm looking for some upside, I might play JSN, to be honest. If I'm looking for a floor, I might play Rishi Rice. So I don't I, I think this could be a cold game for Rice this week, and it would not surprise me at all. Yeah, the thing with Rice is it's really nice to see the targets finally coming his way. 19 mm-hmm. targets over the last two weeks. Like, he definitely is a, Mahomes' top target behind Kelsey as of late, which is what we've been wanting to see. And, I again, this should be a high-scoring matchup, so there's a chance he gets a touchdown in this game. I think he's a fine play, but I am. it's definitely risky. With Jackson Smith, the jig but it stinks for – well, I'm a 49ers fan, so I'm happy they made this change. But they did change out their slot corner finally because Isaiah Oliver was so incredibly bad, just giving up a ton of yards to any guy that lined up in the slot. They changed to Ambry Thomas, and he's been much better at covering the yeah. slot. So it's not as delicious of a matchup for Jackson Smith to Jigba. But Charvarius Ward for the 49ers completely stopped DK Metcalf just in week 12. And if that happens again, they're going to have to look elsewhere. And Jackson Smith, the Jigma did get 11 targets last week against the Cowboys. So I, I do think I lean Jackson Smith to Jigma, especially if you play in a PPR league. If it's standard, I would take the shot more on Rice getting the touchdown than JSN. Yeah, that, that's fair. It's strange to say that this late in the season. But yeah, you got to look at these matchups and they're very important. And the slot has been kind in a lot of games, but it can also be shut down a lot of games. So you definitely want to check that out. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to get into our core or sorry, our tight ends to finish out our positional rankings for week 14. But first, let's talk about another one of our sponsors. Staying connected with loved ones that live far away from you can be difficult. The Skylight Frame can fix this issue for you and is a really special holiday gift idea for those that live long distance. The Skylight Frame makes it easy to share your day-to-day life events or adventures that you have on vacations. I know personally that the Skylight Frame has helped me and my family who live all across the country to stay connected as we now have the capability of sharing the key moments in our life through photographs whenever we want. Skylight is a touchscreen photo frame that you can send photos to straight from your phone and they appear in seconds. You can even preload photos from the box before the box is open so that when it's unwrapped and plugged in, your most treasured moments will appear from your, for your loved ones. That's like such an awesome feature. This is really the perfect gift for anyone. It's so easy to use and you can set it up. It takes less than 60 seconds to set up. It looks beautiful in your home and photos are displayed in HD resolution. Skylight even offers a satisfaction guaranteed. They're so confident that you'll love Skylight that they offer free returns up to 120 days after purchase. As a special limited time offer for our listeners, you can get $15 off your purchase of a Skylight frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash locked on. To get $15 off your purchase of a Skylight frame, just go to skylightframe.com slash locked on. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T. F-R-A-M-E dot com slash locked on for $15 off your purchase. All right, Vinny, let's finish up here with tight ends. Uh, it, it does feel like Travis Kelsey is starting to slow down a little bit, but I don't mm-hmm. care. He, he's our yeah. tight end one always and forever until he retires. TJ Hawkinson, I know Justin Jefferson is coming back. I don't care. He's both of our tight end twos. Sam Laporta sitting there at tight end three for us. And then George Kittle sitting there at tight end four, just because we know the upside he has. He could completely disappear, but he has such great upside. 
after that, it becomes a little bit more interesting. I did want to ask you, so we got the news that Dawson Knox is fully participating in practice. He seems like he's going to be back for the Bills this week. Does that scare you at all when it comes to Dalton Kincaid's fantasy upside in week 14? A little bit, just because it's another guy that can catch passes that position. But since Dawson Knox has been on the shelf, Dalton Kincaid has been such an essential part of the Bills' offense. I don't know now with the new play caller, like if they'll just say, oh, you know, Dawson Knox is back, so we don't want to use Dalton Kincaid as much. I don't see that happening. And That said, it's another guy. Like when there's another guy to take a few targets away, there's less opportunities there. But still, Dalton Kincaid, I mean, based on the tight end landscape, I think he has to be playing this week. Yeah, absolutely. I will say like the one area maybe he hurts Kincaid is the touchdowns. Like maybe yeah. they utilize Knox in the in, near the end zone and he might steal a touchdown, which we're hoping to go to Kincaid. But I think the, the yardage in between the twenties and the big plays, they're still going to go to Kincaid. So I still feel good playing him. I still have him ranked at tight end five. You have him ranked at tight end seven. He's a good play. Jake Ferguson's up and down, but you're playing him, especially in this matchup against the Eagles. Like he had 91 yards and a touchdown against the Eagles earlier this season. It's a really nice matchup for him. Yeah. I mean, it really looked good last week, right? When we got all three guys involved, CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks and Jake Ferguson. That's what I want, kind of what we have with the 49ers. I want them to just stick with these three guys, get the ball to them. I don't need this uh, Kavate Turpin or even Luke Schoonmaker to do something at tight end. Just stick with these guys. And if they stick with those guys and give them targets, spread them around with the red out back Prescott this matchup, he's going to be fine. I mean, the Eagles have gotten a little bit better at tight end, but not significantly. So, I mean, you can still get plenty of yardage on them as we saw George Kittle last week, even if they don't have a touchdown. Now, one guy, oh, Michelle, I am always wary of ranking this guy anywhere high. Yeah. But it's Cole Komet. I'm at number eight. You have him at number nine. This is a lot based on the matchup and based on the fact that he's really the second best option for whatever that's worth behind DJ Moore for Justin Fields. So I don't know. Last time he was really disappointing in this matchup, really didn't do anything at all, even though they scored a lot of points. So I don't know. He, he's one of those guys that's so annoying. Talk about a guy that's in the top 12 or something that even last year that catches you off guard that, oh, he's not even a good play. This is Cole Komet for me. Yeah, I know. Cole Komet's a tight end seven. Tight end seven in points oh, per wow. game this year. And he's really, if you look through his yardage, I mean, there's some good games, but a lot of just very not exciting games at all. That's what it takes to be the tight end seven. I mean, it, it mm-hmm. happens like this every year. Once you get past the, you know, the first top three, four tight ends, it's really not anything special after that most seasons. But yeah, I mean, come out got seven targets last time they played um, against the Vikings before their bye. The targets are there. Like you said, he, he's the second target for Justin Fields behind DJ Moore. It's not exciting, but I think tight end nine is where you pretty much have to rank him tight end eight. I think that's fine. Now, one guy we're different on is Evan Ingram. I understand he has a really, really tough matchup against the Browns, but I... If it's C.J. Beathard, Beathard was targeting him nonstop when he came in last week with Lawrence's Lawrence going out. Like he targeted him four times, had four receptions with him for uh, over 30 yards in just that short span he was playing. I have him ranked at tight end eight. You have him ranked at tight end 15. It's not safe whatsoever, but most tight ends aren't. 
Yeah, I mean, this matchup is really bad. I mean, the yeah. Browns have been really nasty against tight ends all season long. Again, we know they play better defense at home. Now, somehow, again, just like Colcomet, except he's the anti-Colcomet because he doesn't have those touchdown weeks to, like, inflate his value, right? Yeah. It's just like he doesn't score. It's just very weird. I mean, last week, look, the matchup was supreme here with the Bengals, and he came through. I mean, that – the numbers on the tight ends, I said these are one of the most reliable numbers that you can use this late in the season. They usually don't lie. And here, the the Bengals matchup is great. The Browns matchup is terrible. And some of the finishes here are just bad here. I think this was the second double-digit week in half-point PPR after the bye in week eight. So you're not getting a lot out of him. So, again, he could just destroy your lineup again just like he has for a lot of weeks. So I don't know. Like I also don't trust this offense completely with Beathard to stay on the field all that much to uh, do some damage here. So that's a concern, but yeah, I mean, on the other side though, Michelle, I'm really not feeling David Njoku either though. So who would you rather go with Ingram or Njoku? Oh boy. I think I'd rather go Ingram. I think Njoku, I think it's Harrison Bryant usage is real. So there's really no one else, right? Tight end. They use a little bit of Luke Farrell, but again, Christian Kirk is not out there either. So are they really going to trust a lot on Parker Washington? So you're right. I mean, CJ Beathard, when you come in, you're going to go to your reliable guys. It's going to be a lot of dump offs to Travis Etienne, probably a lot of Evan Ingram. So hopefully Evan Ingram will get enough volume to be productive. But David Njoku, I don't know. The Harrison Bryant kind of usage last week was concerning there. So I'm going Ingram definitely over Njoku this week. And I don't know. What about your guy tonight, Pat Framuth? I know we're not playing Hunter Henry on the other side. He's just not been doing anything. But Pat Framuth, he was great two weeks ago against the Bengals in that choice matchup. Let down in a tougher matchup by the numbers against the Cardinals. The Patriots, however, also very good against the tight end. Yeah, I think I'd rather go Ingram over Friermuth, but I'd rather go Friermuth over Njoku. I don't know. It's hard because we don't know what he's going to look like with Mitch Trubisky. We don't even know. It's like, will there be 10 total points scored in this game tonight? Who knows? I won't be shocked if there's not. I'm okay starting Friermuth, but I'm going to have low expectations for him. But he could get into the end zone for sure. I will say a guy I might want to play over all three of these guys is Isaiah Likely, who has a really, really nice matchup against the Rams yeah. this week. Rams are allowing the third most fantasy points to tight ends this season. So, I, I, And it was kind of just like a mediocre outing before the Ravens buy just four receptions, 40 yards on six targets. But I really do like the matchup for him. I think Isaiah Likely will be utilized a little bit more. So I would rather play Isaiah Likely, I think, over any of these guys. Yeah, I have him also pretty high. I mean, I'm at 10, you have him at 11. So actually I'm higher on likely this week just based on the matchup. Another guy that we can look at also based on the matchup, we mentioned the Bengals matchup. We'll get into that in a moment. The Broncos matchup is also fantastic for tight ends. And look, they need Gerald Everett for the Chargers. I mean, there's no Josh Palmer. Probably he's on track to return, but probably not this week. So they need somebody to step up in the passing game. Broncos are just so terrible against tight ends. So Gerald Everett, another sneaky good play with Isaiah Likely. Now, here's a player that I thought about, Michelle. I just couldn't put him in there that I wanted to because I don't know how many balls he's going to see at all, especially in a tight end committee. It's Kylan Branson. This is always tough, right, when somebody that's not very good gets the matchup of the week at his position or not used. But the encouraging sign is he was used last week. So they kind of got a big play 
I wonder if he can give you that Brevin Jordan type of line filling in, like make a few big catches, maybe not a lot of volume, but maybe get like a 20-yard play or something. So Colin Granson is a pretty good athlete, field stretching tight end. Do you take a flyer on him if you have one of these boring tight ends that you don't want to play? Yeah, or maybe you have Trey McBride who's on by and you really need to find yeah. someone off waivers and there's not going to be a lot of options. Gerald Everett is definitely an option, but I really like Kylan Granson this week for high upside. He could give you nothing, but I, yeah. he also does offer a lot of upside. The Bengals are allowing by far, or not, I shouldn't say by far because the, Bron- the Broncos also stink, but the Bengals are allowing the most fantasy points per game to tight ends this season. And I know the Colts do use a lot of different tight ends, but Kylan Granson is by far leading that, tight end room in snap count and targets and reception. So I would feel safe as going with him. And he had a season high 72 yards last week. So I, I think he's worth the shot, especially if you play in DFS, uh, if you really need a cheap option, I, I like him there as well. Yeah. Grant's a great point on DFS because you can just get him for cheap and really load up the rest of your offense. And then, yeah, if he comes through with the game like he did last week, he'll definitely bring you the return you're looking at. So some of these guys, yeah, you want to consider DFS and you may not put them in your regular league. So all that keeps in mind with our analysis here as well. So pretty good, actually, tight end week considering you no know, Trey McBride. There's some uh, good opportunities here for some of the regular starters. So I'm happy to see that. Now we will look at some uh, guys you can consider for flex plays at any of these positions that you can think about there to play beyond your three wide receivers and two running backs. And we'll look also look at some deep sleepers, guys we want to take a shot on that uh, maybe like a Kyle Granson that we want to think about here in different positions. So we'll do that as well as reveal our price picks, picks of the week on Friday for this edition of Locked on Fantasy Football. This has been Vinny Iyer. And I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye, y'all.